What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. All right, so on today's show, we're going to talk about really at the end of the day, what improvements to make to a rehab or wholesale and what improvements are a waste of money. And Michael has uh, definitely... I have a lot to say about this yeah, topic. Yeah, I'm like, this is like, you've been waiting for this uh, for a while. <laughs> so let's just get into it, man. What we're going to talk about, okay. let's let's do it when we're doing a, a rehab deal and then a wholesale deal, because those are really the two ways you're going to be, quote unquote, flipping houses. Well, for both of them, it's really, it's similar, right? Because a wholesale deal is probably going to be in better shape. But for four years, all I did was gut renovate everything, right? I really wanted to be Tarek El Musa from Flip or Flop. That was my dream. Ironically, Tarek is now wholesaling like a mother, so that's interesting. But um, um, it was one of the hardest things that you ha- that I had to do. I'd say a lot of difficult decisions you ha- I had to make, deciding what to do and what not to do was one of the hardest because we all think that we're going to get into this house and every house is going to be a disaster and every house we're going to need to do everything. And there are still guys, and I was sort of that guy for a while, who said, I want to do everything, right? If something isn't great, I want to get rid of it. But the problem comes because there are houses, let's say there's a cape, let's say I remember, the, and I remember the first house I did, 288 Travis Avenue in Elmont. It had a bathroom, it had two bathrooms. One bathroom was a disaster, and one bathroom was like not bad. It was probably done 10 years before I bought it. Livable. Livable, not, not bad. And this was a big struggle for me. Should I keep it? And I remember I bought another house, I've got the address where the kitchen wasn't bad. And that was a struggle of what to do and what do you do on the outside and the inside. So, in the end, after many, many years of this of going through this, I came up with I think basic a basic six point uh, guide to what makes a house sell. And really, what I shifted from was from those four years, those first four years of saying to myself that I want to do everything, to finally learning. It took me a good four or five years to learn this. Really figuring out that you don't want to do everything; you want to do as little as possible to make a profit, right? And I'm not saying cut corners and do a crappy job. I'm saying that there are a lot of things in a house and there are plenty of people that I wholesale houses to who do not agree with me. And they feel I need to put chair rail and I need to put extra fancy moldings and these things sell. And in some markets, it's important. But in most markets, it's not. And understanding your market and understanding the comparable sales, the comps that you are going to sell to is a big factor, right? Obviously, in in a in a million, I I I listing a house this uh, weekend for two million dollars. That's an area where you really need to do a much higher level of finish work, right? But most of my houses are going for four or five hundred thousand dollars. That's an area where you can do less. So if you want, I, I had a checklist. I don't have it written down, but I think I remember it. So if you want me to, I will tell you the things that sell a house. You want me to go through them right I, now? I, I would love that. Yes. Okay. So number one is the kitchen. That's obvious, right? Most of the time. Is if there's a female involved in the buying decision, she's going to be the more influential 
uh, person in that decision. And the kitchen is a place that m- not all females, but a lot of females are going to spend a lot of time in. And the kitchen is really important. So let's just go through the list and then we can go through specifics. Kitchen is important. Second to the bathrooms, right? That's really important. So kitchen and bathrooms are probably the two most important things. And if there is ever a situation, by the way, your bathroom door is open behind you. I'm looking right into your toilet. Um, <laughs> but if there's ever a situation where where you need to decide what to spend money on, um, I would say kitchen and bathrooms are the first two places you should go. Okay. The third thing is <laughs> the third thing is um, is the flooring. Okay, flooring yeah. is important too. Um, so it's not hard to get nice flooring, right? You don't have to put hardwood flooring everywhere, but certainly a decent laminate, a thick laminate, at least 12 millimeter laminate that looks like wood, it goes a long way. Decent tiling goes a long way. The fourth is the walls. So when I mean walls, I mean there shouldn't be holes in the walls and it should probably be freshly painted. And the fifth are all the systems, right? So the, all the systems have to work. The plumbing system has to work. The electrical has to work. Now, I again, we can get into the reason everyone is, but for example, on plumbing, so I used to think that everybody wanted gas boilers. Everyone. And I remember bought a house, had a brand new oil boiler. I'm talking the thing slid the tags on it. It was I could eat off it, it was so clean. And it was a big struggle for me to say, am I gonna be crazy and spend three, four thousand dollars to convert this to gas? Or should I leave it? And I discovered that well, some people want gas, some people are fine with oil in my area. And there are plenty of areas in in, in where I buy where there is no gas. So yeah, yeah all the time. So the system has worked. So the plumbing has worked, the electrical has to work. And like there's guys who every house they buy, even like these small capes that I buy, they would upgrade to 200 amps. And they figure everybody who buys a house wants a 200 amp box. Most people don't even know what the hell that is. And 100 amps is fine for a small house, a four bedroom, two bath house. So, but it has to be okay. Like it can't have fuses, fuse boxes. I bought houses with fuse boxes in it. You had to put in circuit breakers. So there's kitchen, uh, kitchen, bathrooms, flooring, walls, systems. And the fifth is the exterior. So I take that as a whole. And I used to think everything needed a new roof. It's not true. If the roof is not leaking, you very often don't have to replace it. But the roof has to be leak-free. And the exterior fascia, whatever that is, whether it's aluminum siding, whether it's uh, um, vinyl siding, brick, whatever it is, it has to look okay. It should be the same color, but it doesn't need to be brand new, right? I know guys who will reside every single house they buy. I think they're stupid, right? I bought tons of houses. Tons of houses with like aluminum siding, right? You click it, you 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 bang on it, and it sounds like metal. Oh, you can paint that shit. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, you know, if it sounds like metal, then um, it's aluminum. You paint it a decent color, it looks fine. So those are my those are my six checklists. And if you do those six things, I believe if the exterior fascia looks decent, you paint it, or it looks okay, if and the roof is okay, and all those things are good, the kitchen and bathrooms are new. The flooring looks clean, and very often you can refinish uh, wood. Um, you're going to sell that house for close to the ARV. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other things you can do, right? There are guys that do their best to go buy fancy um, light fixtures, and they'll put, like I said, uh, moldy chair rails and, and all kinds of cool things. That's fine, but you're not going to get that much out of spending that money. So those are my six things that I look for on every house, and I fi- and I can – and, and my opinion, right, that, so in each of those things, we can go through every single thing that you can do, but I believe you should try and save as much money as possible on them. And when you get feedback from people, then you can come back and change it, right? So I, I had a house in Malvern once. I didn't do the kitchen. It was borderline. And I got a lot of feedback that 
The issue is the kitchen. So I guess what? I redid the kitchen cabinets. That's what I did. I even was able to save the countertops and, and use them. So you could always do more work, but I have completely switched from the first four years when I did this, 2013 through 2017 of let me do everything because I figured everybody is, no. who can say no to my house? It's so beautiful, which is stupid, uh, stupid thinking. Anybody can say no to your house. Um, to now it's like, you know, where can I get away with leaving something that's not so bad that maybe somebody doesn't care about? It? And the, the, what shifted me was realizing after doing so many of these gut renovation, these Tarek Musa open concept, I'm going to be the greatest house in the world uh, thinking, was that a lot of times after people bought it, the first thing they did was undo what I did. So I used to buy capes and take out the walls, make it open concept. You walk in, you see everything. It made it look big. It was pretty. Um, and I remember guy bought it. And he goes, first thing I'm doing, I'm putting a wall up in the kitchen. I'm like, you know, I spent like $4,000 getting permits and putting a post, putting up a header. And he's like, oh, I cook with curry. He was an Indian guy. And I don't want to stink up the house. So I'm going to put up a wall here with a, a door. Another person told me I'm putting up a wall because I need more cabinets. I want to put cabinets on the wall. Like I, and so everything that you think, you think personally is going to make it look better to somebody else can make it look worse. So it's better to do less and you could always do more. But those that are my- that's such, That man, that is so good. Let, let me share a quick case study on that. Should we start in the middle limit? I can go every one of those six things. I can give you examples of how you can save money and what you should and should not do in that. Oh, we're we're going to get right into it. We're going to we get right into it. it. Do all that. So quick case study. This is a real deal out uh, in Southern Cal. So it's, it was a condo. So the, obviously the exterior and everything is, 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 is null and void, but the, uh, the pro I could have rehabbed it. Like when I say rehab that I could have like uh, went full-blown you know sledgehammer style on this thing so this is exactly i'll tell you the scope of work and the budget right we took the ugly ass countertops because kitchens sell houses put quartz we took the ugly ass appliances stuck in stainless steel we took the ugly ass vanity in the bathroom quartz we took the ugly door handles switched the door handles out scraped the popcorn ceilings and staged it. Fucking thing is going to be the highest selling condo in the complex, <laughs> most likely ever. Like if, you know, because so anyway, I didn't need to put a fucking lot of work into that thing. And uh, it looks fucking sick. It looks sick. And honestly, it's not even like we didn't even put that much money into it. And because the things that you said, I want to get into this in a minute. That is what sells the property. I could have like, you know, ripped out the floors, even though the floors are fine and put in like luxury tile. Like it's just, that doesn't, that does not. Let's get into the bathrooms. Cause this is where a lot, of, I mean, I've made this mistake many times. What sure. makes a bathroom sellable? Obviously if it's got, you know, grandma style, you know, tubs. And so the, the bath, bathrooms really consist of uh, only a couple of things, right? There's tile there is, and there are fixtures. Um, that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple. Um, so a couple of things in in my area, there's a lot of houses that were built in the 40s and the 50s um, and the 60s where they they did beautiful tile work, but they are horrible colors. I'm talking about yellow tile, pink tile, green tile, and blue tile. That screams old. What I discovered, it took me years to figure this out, is that if the tile work is good and you don't have to open the tile work, so the plumbing if the plumbing is good, uh, also the tubs sometimes match. So the tub will be yellow, tub will be pink, tub will be blue. I can reglaze that yeah. in all the walls and the tub for a very reasonable amount. 600 bucks, it's 500 bucks, depending on the size, making it white. 
And then I'll usually put a new floor in because if you reglaze the flooring, somebody can scrape that off and it'll look bad. The walls are not getting scraped. So I'll put in, but how much floor are we talking about in a bathroom? You're talking about, you know, 50 square feet because there's toilet and there's a, there's a tub. It's taking up half the space, it's 60 square feet if it's a big bathroom. Um, so that's cheap. I'll retile the floor. I'll reglaze it. I'll replace the vanity and I'll replace the toilet. The whole thing will cost me two grand and it looks fine. Now, I may not do, now, if it's a one bathroom house, I may not do that. Um, if it's, but if there's, if there's three bathrooms and this is in the basement or this is on the first floor and the mo- and this, this is not the most important bathroom and I could do this and save money, that's cheap. And even, I just had a house in, um, in Lindbrook and big bathroom on the second floor, that's really the main bathroom. The tile was okay, but I, borderline, right? All I did was change the vanity and change the toilet. I, I left even the shower, which was okay. And uh, I sold it just fine. Actually, the guy who sold it to actually ripped up the bathroom and he still hasn't sold it. But um, you bathroom it or you wholetailed it? Uh, we wholetailed it. I mean, we did a, some work, wholetailed it to a guy who you thought he could get it. an investor. Yeah. Um, so you have to be looking at things like that, right? A, a, a vanity and a toilet are not expensive, right? Installation and the materials you're talking about a thousand dollars usually right toilets 200 bucks a vanity could be 300 bucks depending on the size it's not a lot of money so that alone can change the whole look of a bathroom right now if there's a shower I did that yesterday it's the way to go it's the way to go now obviously the plumbing if the plumbing's not working or there's a real problem there's no water pressure you're gonna need to rip the freaking tiles off anyway and fix that right sometimes the shower body which is the plumbing behind the wall is messed up and sometimes you can't fix it from the exterior and you need to rip up the tile. So if I have to rip up the tile for the shower, very often I'm just gonna rip up all the tile. But that's really where the time comes in. It's time consuming to to demo a bathroom and it's time consuming to put new tile in a bathroom. So it becomes expensive, right? Also very often, as we know, when you rip down any uh, a a wall, when you rip down sheetrock or tile, you find other things in there you never never counted on, right? So I prefer not to rip down walls if I don't have to, Um, but, a whole bathroom to retile, it's not that expensive, right? I can probably do a bathroom, most bathrooms for $7,000, maybe even less, $6,000, depending on the size. But it's just a time issue and getting the tile work right. And sometimes they screw up the tile or, you know, so it's much better to do that on a, on a superficial basis if you can, right? Everything has to be working properly, though. If you can't, if there's plumbing issues, you got, you got to get behind. You got to get. So I like what I actually just did this yesterday on a rental. Same shit though. It was um, that I got six violations, you know, because the building inspector loves me, right? So I had to fix that. But honestly, the property had some deferred maintenance, and I already had like a bunch of reserves ready to like make the improvements. So we went in there, we put luxury vinyl plank in the bathroom floor because there was water damage. The vanity looked like it came from a, the Amityville Horror House, so we took the vanity, like the vanity had to go, so put a brand new vanity. But this is where the, the tub, so instead of retiling and, and putting tile in like a lower end rental property, I had my contractor just buy a shower base with a, with a, just like a plastic shower base. Like there's no tile work, so you can't fuck it up. And unfortunately we had to put a glass door in there because the, there was like a little shower stall. I called you about that and I was pissed, yeah. but you know. You told I, me it was a tub. I, I, I didn't know. He does See, I don't know what's going on. I just send the money and hope for the best, you know? So when I saw the picture, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Anyway, uh, you can save a lot of money when you put like, pl- I mean, especially like, I mean, if you're not dealing with high-end houses, you can put those plastic shower tubs in and people don't give a shit. Like I, at least for me, I've never had that be a problem. Cause it's like, 
It, have you done that before? I've never done it, but I've thought, I've thought about it a few situations. And I, it don't look as good, but certainly for a rental, it's fine. It's actually, it's actually better for a rental because I have oh, a couple, yeah. rentals, couple rentals where the guy who laid the tile didn't do a good job. And then after a while, the grout, the grout crumbles and then it leaks into the, the unit underneath. So that, 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 that one piece surround thing is watertight. So it's better. Exactly. Um, so like we did that, but that bathroom now almost looks brand new and it, it, you know, it wasn't the cheapest because I had to do it kind of fast, but, um, you know, sure. it's, it, it's not that, yeah, there's not the, that's the funny thing you said with the bathroom. Cause I, I, I remember doing a house in Monroe and we did the whole, we literally like gutted the basement, like did all this work, took the back of the house off, like oh, built the deck. Like, you know, it was like fucking stupid. We haven't made a lot of money on it, but it was just a really big rehab. And we did all this work and we didn't replace or paint the cabinets and it, they looked a little off, right? Because the whole house was like done up and then, you know, the cabinets weren't painted or, or they just in the kitchen in the kitchen. Yeah. So let's talk about kitchen kitchen. Yeah. When you finish this, let's talk about kitchens. Cause that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So the cabinet and then the bathroom we didn't do. So there were, you know, we still, we still made money on it, but it just, it's, it's really kind of an art and a science. So back to kitchens now, cause that, right. that will sink your ship if you don't do that. So right. Kitchen, kitchen has a few components in it, right? So there's, there's appliances, there's cabinets, which is the most important, the most expensive part of the kitchens. There's countertops, and then there's flooring. Um, sometimes flooring is not an issue, but sometimes it is. Like I buy a lot of kitchens where all the all the tiles are broken in the, uh, there, so I gotta rip I gotta rip up the floor. But sometimes I'll go into a kitchen and everything's good except ugly appliances. Right? I bought a house in Seaford where it was like the kitchen was beautiful, good new countertops, great 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 uh, cabinets, like one the the refrigerator was like yellow and the stove was white and the and it just didn't match so i just replaced the appliances appliances i know they've gone up in price but i can usually get a four piece appliance set certainly three piece four piece the fourth being the microwave for two thousand dollars so sometimes you can go into a kitchen wow that's cheap man you can sometimes you can go into the kitchen 2500 bucks and the kitchen looks amazing but So that's one one thing. So first thing to look at is appliances. Second is countertops. Very often, if the cabinetry is good, you can just replace the countertops. Countertops are not that expensive. What, right? do, you, and what I, do you usually pay? I just I just did this in California. It was fucking expensive because I put fancy shit in there. I think it was thirty. Was it thirty dollars a square foot or something like that for? But you got the fabricator and then you got the actual material. So I'm talking about for the um, installed. I don't I don't pay I don't pay a lot. I got there's a lot of these uh, inexpensive Asian guys here in Queens. And they'll come in, I think, $30 a square foot for quartz or uh, or granite. And I would say this, the dumbest thing I see people do, and I see people do this all the time, is put in some cheap crap uh, countertop, um, you know, this Formica or some – it's not that it's much funny. cheaper. Yeah. It's like you save yourself 800 bucks for a piece of shit that's going to have to be replaced. If you put in granite or quartz, it never has to be replaced. It'll, it'll last forever. Right, it doesn't have to be treated. Doesn't mean that that other stuff is so stupid because if you tell me you're saving ten thousand dollars, I understand. I even did I had a seven unit uh, rental, and like even then I said, well, if seven units, it's a rental. Maybe I should do cheaper. It ended up saving. It was so much. The savings was so minimal in the big scheme of things that we just put in granted. It didn't make sense not to. And I, I don't I don't think there's ever a situation that I've ever seen. Even if it's a low end rental where it doesn't pay just to put in a good countertop, it's foolish. And the and the, the everybody the tenants and the or the buyers love it. So 
Why wouldn't you do it for a thousand dollars for eight hundred bucks? It's so ridiculous. Okay. So that's countdowns. Sometimes you can't though. Sometimes I've take I've I've intended to change the countdowns and leave the cabinets, and we took the countdowns off the cabinets fell apart. So sometimes that happens. You have to understand there's always that risk. If the cabinets are bad, if they're water damaged, but um, just changing countertops can change the whole way a, a kitchen looks. That's our strategy, man. That's our favorite strategy. And then flooring and backsplash also is usually not expensive and also changes changes it. Now, if you got to redo the cabinetry, it can get expensive. Um, again, I'm very fortunate. I got very, very inexpensive service providers for that, guys who bring in these Chinese uh, RTA ready to assemble. You know, they come in little boxes and they pop them up and, and they stick them out and they look great and they're wood and they're soft closing doors and they're beautiful you know, white shaker or, or, or honey shakers. Um, it's not that expensive, but still it's, it's always going to be thousands of dollars. So um, how much can you do a kitchen for if you had to not gut the kitchen, but you had to put in countertops, appliances and cabinets and floors with the um, gooseneck sinks, plumbing, garbage disposal, all that kind of shit. Uh, I don't always do the gooseneck sinks, but I would say somewhere between depending on the size. Cause like I just, I'm selling a house now with a really small kitchen. It was like, it was like 10 grand for the kitchen. Uh, got it pretty much taken out and redone without the floor. Um, but you usually bigger kitchens, 15, 15 yeah, to 20. About right. 50, yeah, about 15 grand. Yeah, I mean, depends 10, on the size. between 10 and 15. Right, the, which is not a lot. It's not a lot for to, to, and, and like we said, kitchens and bathrooms, that's money where you put in, you're going to get a, re a return on your investment, right? Like, I, you change a kitchen, it costs you 15 grand. You need a lot more than 15 grand for the new house. You're going to get 30, 40 more for the house minimum so that's a good that's a good investment um but kitchens are interesting because a lot of people don't think about where to save money on kitchens and i'm a big believer in doing less is more you could always do more always we paint the cabinets a lot and it, it, you, people don't even fucking know like like we just paint them yeah sometimes that works it depends it depends on what the cabinets are made of but sometimes you change it makes the sense. handles you change the handles you don't change the hardware yeah that's a big one change the hardware. i buy a lot of kitchens where there's no hardware you just put hardware on and it looks makes it look 10 times better Oh, they had to like go underneath and use the, I know. Yeah. And you just put handles on and, it lo and the place looks shiny and clean. Yeah. No, that's, it's, it's, there's so many things like where, like I've done so much stupid shit where like we've fixed, like I, I did a house one time. This was, this was the best deal I've done so far, but like it was, we did a lot of work to make it financeable because there was mold everywhere and it was just kind of nasty. But like, you know, we didn't do like the kitchen. Like it's just, I think when you're starting out and you're closing on properties, like there's just, you're, if you listen to this podcast, hopefully you'll wise up. But if you don't, you're just, you're going to think like, oh, I got to put in like this brand new, like, it's like, no, like even like with the mechanicals I want to cover next. Cause that is, so the mechanicals, that's where you get dinged by the home inspectors. That's like, every time I get, I still get some home inspections once in a while, just to make sure that I, I didn't fuck up my rehab numbers. And that's, that's where the, the inspectors come because they don't care about the kitchen or the bath. They care about the GFI outlets. They care about, but the mechanicals, like the, the, that's pretty much what they're doing. That's why you're paying them $300 just to go over there and, and complain right. about your mechanicals, which is understandable. Right. So, so like I said, where, where I used to think that everybody wanted gas, it's not always true, but you need a boiler that works. So when, you, when I go into, uh, usually it's a basement around here and I see the Man. boiler I'm going to know almost right away whether uh, I need to replace it or not. If it's huge, I'm going to replace it. Right. I just, I'm funny. I just went to a house this week where it had a really old, tremendous boiler, but Octopus it, looked, boiler? it looked sparkling clean. It wasn't, I forgot what the brand was, but it was like, it looked like someone had scraped it, cleaned it with a toothbrush. I'm like, this is a, 
cleanest looking 50 year old boiler I ever saw in my life. Um, so people are obviously turned off by old humongous boiler. This was, this was a, this boiler, I promise you, was converted from coal to oil to gas. Now it was gas. It had been converted twice. I've never seen that before. It was all, it had a big, big door in the front to shovel coal into. Um, you could have camped out in that door if you wanted to. It was crazy. Crazy. So like, I'm thinking this has got to go. And the guy's like, well, it still works. You can keep it. I'm like, I, I cancel a house with this, with this thing in there. It takes a half uh, the face. No one wants it, man. <laughs> right. So you got to look at that. You got to look at electricals. You got to make sure those things are working, that everything's safe. And you got to make sure that um, a potential buyer won't have major objections to it. Regardless of what you do, you have to understand there are people who are going to, who are only want 200 amp um, uh, breaker boxes and the people who only want gas, there is, but you, you have to know your area to know that you, you only need one person who doesn't care about that to sell it to them. So you got to make sure electrical and plumbing works for sure. And if there's HVAC ducts, right? Sometimes I'll, a lot of the houses I don't have it, but if they do, you need a you need a condenser unit that works, and you need an air handle that works. Sometimes that could be four, five, six, seven grand. Sometimes if you got to replace that, so everything has to be in good working order for sure, and the mechanicals. Yeah. What do you? I mean, when you're doing a rehab now, some not, not summarizing, but just kind of going into everything at once. What what do you do? You normally look to be let's say it's a normal house with no septic and all that kind of shit. Do you normally like to be in a rehab deal for under sixty thousand dollars? If if like obviously like that's arbitrary, but like I look to be in it for under six thousand dollars. So no, no, what, no, if you're doing all that kind of shit, like if you're doing everything we mentioned, really depends on the size and it depends on the market. Well, how you know what my ARV is, right? Like I said, if it's a sub four hundred, sub four five hundred house in a, a you know, like a, like a, like a subdivision, like, you know, you go into like, you know, for a, for a four or $500,000 house for 70 grand, I can probably do almost everything, right? Yeah. Unless there, unless there's roof issues and exterior issues, I can do an interior for 70 grand. Should have no problem with that. It, maybe less, honestly. Yeah, it depends. It depends. But like I said, the point, listen, the point of this call is that every single house is different, right? Yeah. Even some of those houses have, have new bathrooms. Some of those houses have kitchens that are okay. You know, you got to take that into account. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about flooring for a minute because uh, you know I buy a lot of houses with um, pet smells right I've already learned to discern the difference between cat urine and dog urine and What's the difference they smell different I like, I go in I know right away um, I go in I go cat, I go cats right and the lady goes how'd you know um, and what happens with a lot of these pets especially dogs cats too is they pee on the floor or on the carpet and it leaves you know, circular thing. And people that don't know what they're doing go in there and go, oh, I got to redo the floors. Oh, how do I get this out of here? And that is a stupid thing to do. So what you do, you can do this on almost any floor, whether it's oak or whether it's pine. They're usually thick. You sand them and then you stain them a dark color. You stain them like a chestnut and you don't see any stains and the smell is gone. And, it, you know, a house where I've, I've honestly gone into houses where everybody said this has to be knocked down or whatever. And I'm like, I I don't need to knock this house down. I can certainly uh, make it good for a lot less than that. So almost anything could come out of an old wood floor. And if you really needed to, well, some, now sometimes you, I buy houses where there's a roof leak and the roof and the, the wood is all buckled. That has to be replaced. That's got to go. But, yeah. But even installing wood, I think is, I don't know, $4 a square foot. That's four or $5 a square. It's not, it's not terrible, right? If I'm buying a small house, that's got, you know, $800 worth of, uh, of wood, if I take out the bathrooms and the kitchens that have tile, it's not, it's not a, it's not a crazy amount of money, but 
most of the houses I buy have hardwood floors in them because that's the way they built them in the 50s and the 60s. And I can I can pretty much make any hardwood floor look beautiful um, for a dollar fifty a square foot. So it's not expensive. It's really not. What What are your thoughts on doing? You know, that's with the hardwoods because we do see a lot of that too. We don't really see that in San Diego. It's more of a northeast thing, the hardwood. Because a lot of these houses, like they're fucking so old, you pull, they they put the stupid carpet in, and then I'll go in there and look underneath, and I'm like, well, there we go. Get the hardwood, sand and stain. What about LVP? I like putting LVP in my shit when I don't have hardwood. Because you know, the reason is because, especially a rental, but um, you can put laminate down. I've done that, but one of my contractors was probably drunk. He put it in backwards. But I've found the LVP, it just, it it's, you can put it throughout the whole house. You can put it in the bathroom. You can put it, like if you got a, a cape or something, or a, yeah, mostly a cape. You can put it down the whole damn house and the whole first oh, floor. LVP that you're saying, right? Luxury vinyl. Luxury vinyl plank. plank. Yeah, because right. it's got that that pad on it and right. it, it's never going to leak. You're never going to get screwed. Yeah. So if you find it that where it looks good and you get somebody who can install it right, that's it's fine. How much do you pay for how much do you pay for that? I usually I don't know. Like I it shows how much I know. So I'll use laminate. I'll use laminate throughout the house also because the laminates are good, and if they're thick, they come also with a pad, and it looks like wood. Um, it uh, is. So I, isn't laminate wood? No, laminate is not wood. It's a it's a man made material, but they make it look like wood. So uh, okay. I'll use that. In, fa- in fact, it might be it might be what's called LVP in Florida for all I know. Um, but I think LVP is something different by us where they have it's 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 vinyl. But um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it it, it looks good. If it's installed right, it looks good. You keep you, people cheap out, and they use very thin um, laminate planks. Yeah, like, that looks horrible. And then it looks wavy and crappy, and yeah. you talk about a minor savings. It's, it's such a small difference in price, even if you're putting a lot of it in, that it's stupid not to get expensive uh, laminate uh, planking. So um, it's an easy thing to do. Uh, I, I, I used to do all laminate on a lot of the houses where where there wasn't wood. But I bought most of the stuff I'm, I've been that I need to work on lately has been wood that I can just refinish. I have a good, really good wood refinish guy. So um, he makes, I mean, he makes everything look great. He'll what fill about in carpet. Do you do carpet in the bedrooms upstairs? So it depends. It depends. Some if if I if I don't have hardwood upstairs, sometimes I'll do, sometimes I'll do carpet. Some people can't, some people are like hate carpet. I love carpet. I love. Carpet. I like I, love I like carpet. carpet in my bedrooms, but there are people who like I'm allergic. It's an allergen. It's a problem. But I think even, but it's it's usually not a deal breaker, even if someone hates carpet, because they know they can pull that pull out that carpet and just put wood or some other material on there. That'll be fine. So um, carpet's easy. I used to do carpet every second floor. I did. I did on every stairway. Um, it depends. Again, it depends on the situation. Well, what's you know in different areas. If it's a higher end area, I may not do carpet. Can't do it. But yeah. the starter homes carpet, it's and I like it too because like I'm in my room right now slash office, and uh, I don't need a little like if this thing was like planks or whatever, like I, I would be echoing like like if I go in my other room, it's like I can't make a podcast. So yeah, so it's a sound, it's, it's a sound deadener, which is good, especially good like if you have two family, you want to do carpet on the second floor. Yeah, you want to do carpet in both because you don't you don't want like you said you don't and want the stepping echo. if you get an up down condo or something, it's it's it can really piss right. me off. Right, there's a lot of. Um, 
lot of buildings in New York where the floors are wood, but they require you, like it's in the lease that you have to cover 75% of it with a, a rug or with carpet. So, uh, oh, so, they you want, don't, so you don't, they want the sound, the sound to be re- reduced. Yeah. Devin has a condo that he used to live in that it's a rental now and he's on the bottom floor and you could not, I, I could not understand how he lived there because every time at six o'clock, it's like this. <laughs> not like gunshots going off. All right. Maybe they were right. It wasn't the hood, but uh, I mean, if it wasn't a Newburgh, but I'm like, dude, how do you live here? Like he has, it, he made it look real nice. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, dude, like it's just the worst part of this place. So he eventually got the hell out of there, bought a, <laughs> bought a two family and, and moved in there. But it was like the most irritating thing. I would be going upstairs with a pitchfork to the neighbors and being like, listen, like, wh- yeah. So I deal with that sometimes in my rentals where people are complaining about people upstairs, but I, you know what, what am I supposed to do? The kids are running around. What am I going to tell them? Don't, they can't run around. Like what, what am I, you know, it's very, it's, it's an issue, right? If you don't like, if you're in sensitive to that, don't move underneath somebody. Get in the top floor. Get on the top floor, pay premiums to that landlord, you know. So, so the floor—that's a—the floors are big. So here, here's another question I have for you with this because I, I just did this and it ended up working out. I spent nine hundred dollars to stage a condo, and this thing looks so sick. Fortunately, I get to call the stager today and say, "Hey, you can remove the stuff." But uh, I mean, nine hundred dollars is really inexpensive. Well, this is a one-bed condo. It's five hundred square feet. Not five hundred. It's, it's still cheap. A lot of people charge minimums much more than that. Really? Yeah, they they they, they were good. I was, and they, they put nice shit in this thing. This heck, I could. So it's supposed to be a squatter's dream right now. This place, <laughs> right? You know, they got some nice, like you know, uh, silk sheets. You know, <laughs> do you stage your stuff or because this one in the staging? So, right? totally. uh, the first, the first, I'd say first twenty or so deals, I staged them all, and then what I started realizing was that the market was so hot that I didn't need it. So I have I have two full houses worth of staging furniture that I have in storage. Um, just for you. That I have, but this is my general rule. I'll stage parts of it. So I believe, and obviously, if the market cools off, we may I may stage everything. But the point. So let's understand what staging. Is. Staging means you're putting furniture and decorating it on some level, so that a potential buyer can envision themselves living there. Right. That's the idea. Yeah. Right. That's idea is that if thing is empty and just walls, someone may not be able to visualize how they live in there. Um, but again, the market's been so hot for so long, I haven't staged in a while, but I will stage two things. So small rooms, especially small bedrooms, I will put in a, a blow-up twin bed and a night table to show that someone can sleep in there and undefined areas. So if I have a cape that doesn't have, let's say, a formal dining room, but it has an area near the kitchen with a with a with a with a fixture i'll put in a table there so that they understand that this is the eating area right if that area isn't defined by walls then i will stage it. those are the two things i will stage small rooms so that people understand hey maybe this isn't as small as i think because clearly this bed isn't here and it looks great um and undefined areas i will stage for that short of that um i won't um because i felt like because staging was a big pain in my ass um paying for movers was a pain in the ass having stuff get ruined was a pain in the ass having squatters move into my state fully staged house was a huge pain in the ass oh I had to, man i had to go in there with a baseball bat and break my own stuff up to get them to leave um so it, it was a hassle for me but if the mark if not if but when the market shifts it may be something that i re- revisit again you have to understand if your house is staged it does look better and there are always going to be potential buyers 
who have limited vision, and they're just not going to understand where the television goes in the kit in the living room and where the couch goes. So I put up a couch. I have a fake TV that I put up against the wall, a big forty and fifty inch fake TV, and I and and somebody's through the wall. Now in the beginning, I was paying stages for this, but it was costing me thousands of dollars. It really was. Some of them were renting furniture. I had to pay for for furniture rental. And I had other ones who weren't paying first, but every time they'd come, it was expensive. And then I have to de-stage de and then stage it again. And then I'd, I'd stage it. It would go. And as soon as we went to contract, I'd de-stage. And then that contract would fall through and I'd have to bring the furniture. Oh, yeah. You got to be careful. It was that. a hassle. It was a hassle. So I believe we, I, we may get back to a point in our market where I need to stage again. But for now, I am okay only staging when those two issues come up. Interesting. No, that's smart. I think it's a case by case thing, especially where you're depending yeah. on the house. Cause I, 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 that was the first one I staged and it, it made sense, but. There were times where I staged to hide certain things, but I, but I haven't done that in a while. What, what, what would you hide? Like an example, what would. What so would I bought a house in uh, America and um, the floor was a little spongy, right? Like you give. So I fixed it in like one room. The other room was just gave a little. So I put a bed over that spot so no one would see it. So. That uh, that that was something I did, but I, in the end, I decided that if something is I really have to hide, I probably should just fix it and not and not hide it. But I have done. Yeah, things. It depends. Depends on what it is. Depends what it is for sure. But uh, I, I, have, I haven't done that in a while. Like if there's an issue now, I'm, just, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay somebody to fix it. God but uh, five hundred dollar credit in New York. Yes, the piece, <laughs> the property disclosure, property condition disclosure waiver. Right? Does that That's mean it. you can't get sued down the line? Pretty much. Yeah. What it means. I told I, I it's funny you say that. I told my my buddy who's listing my flip in California. I told him about that because we, we were driving around and he was showing me his properties. And one of his properties, like the ADU, like looked like a marshmallow at a campfire. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, Oh my god. And he calls the realtor. He's like, I don't want to get sued. I'm like, What do you mean? Like, what happened? It got fought, it got went on fire. I'm caught on fire. Well, okay. ADU is it is it uh, um um uh, additional dwelling unit so it's like a accessory yeah unit. yeah that's i for sure that's a big thing in california they, they, you do that right. in they wanted to make it legal in, in in nationally or in new york they haven't done it yet it's like impossible for us to get a, a legal adu here yeah so he did that and it toasted up and like he sold it and he's like oh i don't want to get sued i'm like why would you get sued he's like oh because california and i'm like so i found out in california even though this is the new york show you, you the amount of disclosures i've had to sign just to sell this damn condo it's like literally 75 pages of fuck i'm like how do these big flippers like probably have a va just, just click signing so Docu in new york yeah yeah right <laughs> so in new york the big benefit when you're selling retail products or wholesale any any product house is that you give the seller a measly 500 credit property condition thing and then after that is well that's in every contract for the most part it's in you're, it's, in every, it. it's, a, it's in every closing statement now. So. Every closing statement. It, it's one of the big benefits of doing rehabs in New York is because you really can't get dinged once that property is Let sold. Me tell you, can I tell you a story? This, this yeah. is a sad, sad but true story. I, I did a house. I renovated it. There was a third bathroom in the basement that I never, ever used. I never turned anything on. Didn't touch it. No idea. It was a foreclosure. The people had really damaged the upper floors. Redid the house, made money on it. The guy called me like a month later. He goes, I tried to use the bathroom in the basement and the previous owner poured cement into the waistline. Oh, man. And I felt bad, but I didn't know about it, right? It wasn't like yeah. I overlooked it. And he he, was no he had no recourse to me. And he, he called his attorney to see if he could sue me, and he couldn't. 
spot. I mean, you see, you, that's a big benefit to New York. People always shit on New York. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of things about New York that are great. And that's one of them. That's right. You know, in other, in other states, everybody's talking about, we, I got to give a home warranty and all these things in New York. Oh, it's like home warranty. Why are you there? Yeah, right. That's, you know, I, I, why do you think that is in New York? Because that's such a measly fucking credit because these houses are 700 grand and shit. I don't know. Some some attorney came up with it and decided it was a way for attorneys to make more money. That's pretty much the answer to everything in New York. Yeah, that's that's genius. Well, we, we covered a lot of ground today. Obviously, you know, people should re-listen to this and, and this will probably be a popular show because it's a very uh, tactical uh, podcast on really at the end of the day, you don't need to do stupid shit to make a lot of money rehabbing. You need to do the shit that is required. And like, for example, just to do a quick summary, if you're wholetailing a house, just I want to cover that because we I mentioned that at the beginning. A wholetail deal, the whole concept of a wholetail deal is when you're buying a property that is not a shithole and you're just putting right. it on the market. So you well, really just got to- You might have to do something to it. The major, the mechanicals, the mechanicals. No. Stuff that's like it it's required, if it's required. Like if let's say- right. the, it, it, depends. it depends. Every wholetail deal is different also, right? So I I used to define a wholetail deal as myself in, as me spending less than $5,000 on it. I ended up shifting that to maybe 10 because some things came up afterwards and I wanted to still call it a hotel, but it means you do minimal work. I bought a hotel deal in Northport where I did nothing but clean out and paid $200 and I sold it and made, made decent money on it. So it depends. It really depends, but everybody defines a hotel deal differently, but most of we don't even know what the hell we're talking about when we say hotel deal at all. But, uh, it's a deal that it's it's pretty good, you know. It doesn't doesn't need a lot of work. It needs minimal work or no work, and then you're just gonna close on it and you're gonna uh, sell it to the sell it to the retail market. It's a combination of wholesale and selling retail. What do they say? Buy wholesale, sell retail. You know, because right. at the end of the day, like, it, it, I, it's five grand for me. That's my rule. If it's more than five grand, it turns into a rehab. It just depends on the rehab spectrum. Like I bought this is. I hope no one's listening to this. Well, I don't know. I bought a house and there's somewhere. Infested. It was infested with cockroaches. Didn't know about that. Um, so I got the cockroaches treated. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's still a few in there. I'll be honest with you. I mean, listen, those things, those things come they're, so, they're dying. They're dying soon. Yeah. No, we, we, I did the right thing, right? I did the treatment and all that stuff. And, uh, but that, that property, I was planning my goal, right? You never, you never, it never goes perfect. My goal was to literally like the next day, put a sign in the yard and boom, ended up having to put more than $10,000 worth of work. So that turned into a rehab, right? Unfortunately. And, you know, next thing you know, we're changing the toilet out. We're doing, you know, that shit. We're doing the paint jobs. We're getting the floor, you know, it's like, and then it just, it is what it is. But so when you're, when you're doing these deals, you have to understand that most likely uh, you're going to have to put a little bit more work than you thought into the property. Most likely. Like, I'm not saying you got to gut it, but like, don't be stubborn when it's like, oh, I was planning to only put $2,000. And it's like, well, listen, you put the $10,000 in, your butt is going to be covered when you sell it. But if you cheap out or don't have the money, you really got to know what you're doing getting into these deals. Sure. A lot of hotel deals do lead to rehabs, right? Ideally, when I buy a property, I'm buying, rehabs. I'm buying I'm buying it cheap enough that I can wholesale it. Yeah. I can wholesale it. Very often I have an option to wholesale it. Obviously not if it's a disaster. And then theoretically, if I can't sell it for what I need to at a hotel, I can go and do the rehab and finish it up and then hopefully make my money there. Right. Option. Buying properties with options like that lets me sleep at night and gives me a hundred percent. Well, actually we'll, we'll tease the listeners because our next episode, we're going to talk about a strategy that is pretty popular. Now it's new. We're not experts in it, but we're figuring out as we go. So we're going to cover yeah. our knowledge so far. So I hope everyone 
What? Yeah. On novations? Uh, yeah, the, the 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 novations exactly. The 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 new shiny object in the real estate flipping business. So we're going to cover that next episode. So we'll keep the listeners uh, a little antsy and anxious to hear what we're going to talk about. Um, hope everyone got value today. If they did, if they can leave a review on iTunes and Spotify and share the show, that's how we get this into the ears of uh, more listeners. It actually grows every week, which is weird because uh, this is a very niche of a niche of a niche of a niche podcast. Right. So yeah, we like to see the, the downloads going up and they are. So we're going to keep going hard here uh, at the New York Real Estate Show. If you got value, once again, review it, share it, and we'll see everyone on the next episode.